0: Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space. One of my previous guests, Dr. Ricardo Nuila, is rejoining us almost a year to the day from the last time he came on the show. Uh, for those of you who have dipped into the archives or have been following us from the beginning, uh, Dr. Nuila wrote an article in The Atlantic um, about a year ago looking at who talks to patients about death, and we had an amazing conversation about it, and Dr. Nuila is one of the leading lights of physician writers in the United States, and he's got a really keen eye and a really keen voice to talk about what happens in these incredibly difficult circumstances. And then a couple of weeks ago, another article came out, uh, this one in The New Yorker, and it's an article that's titled Poor and Uninsured in Texas, and it came out uh, in August of this year. It's an outstanding article. Um, Dr. Nwila is clearly hitting his stride and going to a whole other level of uh, discourse and provocation and insight. So had to had to ping him, had to bring him back. Dr. Nuela, welcome back.
1: Thanks so much for having me again. I I never thought that I'd say those words, like, thanks for much so much for having me again. So, like, it's just, <laughs> you know, you never, you just don't think that, you know, you'll be a repeat guest, yeah. you know? So, this is, it's, fun. I mean, I just, I, I like your work. I love your work,
0: Mark. So, I'm, I'm glad to be back. Well, I appreciate that. And so, we got to dip into this article. The article, Poor and Uninsured in Texas, and So you are still at Ben Taub Hospital, still affiliated with Baylor College of Medicine, where I went to medical school. Um, You know, Ben Taub is one of the most remarkable places to try to practice medicine. Big public hospital serving Harris County um, with a huge, broad array of patients that come in and unbelievable levels of complexity. This article dips into not only the things that make Ben Taub a tough place to work and a challenging place to work, but it really dug into some themes around healthcare in the United States, particularly for those who are um, underinsured or uninsured. And this article is framed around a patient that you saw. So give us the snapshot of the article itself and then the, the genesis of you saying this is something I need to write about. Well,
1: the, the patient himself was a young young male who had liver disease that um really came into the hospital with advanced liver disease and 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 failing a failing liver and in treating him we we learned that he had had medicaid before but it was taken away and that just incited the whole team incited me well why was it taken away you know this guy's this this uh this patient's uh, income source hadn't really changed what's going on here and and that uh it really it, i mean it it the article was it was initially written as as a cry for help i initially uh we were at the we we were trying to figure out how to best help him and he obviously needed a liver transplant without funding you cannot get a liver transplant medicaid that he had had previously would have paid for a liver transplant, and so it's uh you know it just begged the question why why if he had had Medicaid was it taken away, and we found out that the reason was because he started receiving a disability check hmm. um which was you know just again just the frustration uh that these systems for the the, the vulnerable again are just not protected and so as a doctor your response your response to that is is just you know why why for the people that the system is supposed to help supposed to protect why did it fail this this patient of mine and that was that was the genesis of the article at first was really you know i need to i need to to see if somebody can help this patient out because He is, uh, he needs a liver. He, he, he's, he was one of society's vulnerable, uh, and he had had the right insurance for him or, you know, or, 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 or funding for him. And, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I sort of was in disbelief that some, that a technicality like this could exist. And that's why I had written the piece initially. Then it took very like big twists and turns the story and the article became something different and what, what's 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 been published now.
0: Yeah. You know, as I started reading the article, you know, you talk about this gentleman mm-hmm. and as I started reading it, a question popped into my head, and I'm sure people who read the article have the same question. And when it first popped into my head as a physician, I thought, who cares? Why does this matter? But mm-hmm. the question was, is this gentleman in this country legally? Yeah. and I hated myself for even having that come into my head. I was so irritated. But the people will ask that question and I think it's fair to answer it given I guess the climate that we're in and the fact that it's, people are going to ask. So, can you give us a snapshot of where he was with respect to him being in the United States?
1: Well, yeah, I think I think that that's that's a really good uh I I, th- I had the same thought in 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 part because of where we practice in Houston. I think that that's just the numbers that you face, and so I mean, I have to admit that part of me initially writing this was to confront my own biases because this Hispanic guy, you know, and and in my thought, there's like there's no hope for this because he's not going to be able to have funding. But when we learned that he had Medicaid, people cannot qualify for Medicaid unless they are they have. Uh, you know, uh, their residence or, or, or agree. So, so he had papers for sure. He had been, he, he had a green card. And so, you know, his, I go into the, into the complexity of his story. And so many people have complex stories. Um, You know, he, he was brought in by his father illegally when he was young, you know, without his sort of, uh, without any, he had no decision making at that time. He was brought in illegally, but later on when he was, uh, I believe it was 18 or 20, he, he came in with papers. So he, and he was a, uh, a legal resident of the United States. But I think that when you step back and, and think about this, you know, the policies and this would have happened to, a resident who who this question was it was you know this would have happened to anybody who was a resident disabled in Texas
0: and there's the there's the key part is that yes. this is not about the fact that this was a gentleman who entered the country from right outside this this happens to anybody who right. is uninsured or underinsured yes. in the United States
1: that's right because uh, you know the me- uh, Medicaid provision is not is blind to whether or not you were born. It's just a matter of can you qualify or not. And he was uh, deemed to qualify based on having been a resident. So that means that American citizen born into, you know, that was as impoverished as he was, that was disabled, that got the same uh, social security check as him would have, it would have been the same
0: situation. It's, it's, a big step, I think, for people to read this article um, and grab onto that and 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 realize that that's that's the truth and that w- everyone is at risk um, regardless of where they're from with the way healthcare is currently constructed. And so I, that was sort of the lesson that I took out of this as a, as a real reminder that it has nothing to do with you know your background or anything like that. It just has to do with what, do you, what sort of resources are available to you? The, the article then, it, it goes on this unbelievably complex journey of twists and turns. And, you know, as you're reading it, you feel like this is where you would need a couple of lawyers and a couple of sure. patient advocates and plenty of time. Mm-hmm. How, how many patients were you seeing at the same time as you were seeing this gentleman and your team was kind of working with? when you guys were trying to weave this road as he was getting sicker and sicker?
1: Well, I think we, we probably seeing 14 or 15 other patients on the team. Um, I don't remember exact, but I do remember it was a busy month I was attending and the team was busy. And I remember the team when this, when this occurred, when we found out this, the the reason that he had been stripped of his Medicaid I basically, um, you know, took over the social work dimension, and, and the te- so that the team could focus on the other patients. And they were—I remember the team being thankful, being "thank you for for doing." You know, we we did we don't know what we're doing with regard to that. And I said, "Well, I don't really know what I'm doing with regard <laughs> right. to that either." But right. it's just—it's just you just gotta—you have to wade your way through this to try to find if you can. Because we're dealing with with fatality, right? We're right. dealing with hundred. So, so, so you have to you have to you, ha, you have to give it your all if you think that there was a chance. And, and we were given a light of hope when the social worker told us, you know, sometimes we appeal this to the Congress people, and sometimes they will listen. And and that just sort of lit a light in in the team room, saying, you know, let's just. I mean, this is. Let's appeal to the Congress people, mm-hmm. and and that's what really got every the, like the rest of the story rolling. Um, in terms of, you know, he he was, you know, and you can you 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 can read it, it but um, you know, lots lots of dealing with administrators, lots of dealing with with uh, politicians. Um, you know at, it was it was it was difficult to go through as as a physician because you see your your patient um, you know we would call it in medicine decompensating, but you're really seeing somebody dying in front yeah, of you. yeah uh, and and it's uh, but, but at the same time it's uh, you're learning, you're learning how the system
0: works. Yeah as you're working through those pathways, which were very complicated, how much did his family need to be involved in terms of understanding what was happening? Um, obviously, I'm sure they were consenting. They, they didn't want him to yeah. die. But w- was the process, did it feel like it was a service block? Did it feel like it was lots of obstacles to make it hard? Or did it feel like they were able to come, kind of come along on that roller coaster um, and when things would come up, they could be easily addressed so you could move on to the next step?
1: Well, I, I think that the the family, the, and and when I say the family, it was really the mother uh, was a big reason that 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 this article that I wrote this article at mm-hmm. the end of the day. I mean, as much as I, as as much as this policy, I mean, it was just the as much as this policy really irked me um, as a doctor. As much as the frustration, I think that seeing the the mother who was there, who was. Div- The amount of devotion that she showed her son, and uh, knowing what he meant to her, was uh, you know it just it just it just stayed with all of us on the team. Mm -hmm. And so she was there, you know, the entire time, and and she was she just every single bit of paperwork that was needed, she was able to produce. But certainly one of the things that we realized is that the system is very opaque. The system is it it just doesn't even have very well publicized um details of you know what's needed for qualification um you really have to be um within the system and when i say within the system i don't even mean as a physician i think social workers have a, a better grasp of what it's what's going on you have to be at that level within the system to understand what are the um the thresholds for qualification of Medicaid and everything, and so um, it required a lot of communication with these with these large, you know, bodies or institutions. It it, inqu- it required, and it required a family member to be able to produce the, the paperwork and and the and the the mother was was just very devoted to her son, you know, and so I think that uh, that's that's really. It's really a big reason why the article was written. Mm
0: -hmm. As I was listening to you just now, uh, I I hearken back to a moment in the book called and the band played on, Mm -hmm. uh, which was written about the the AIDS epidemic. And there's an amazing section of the book. And then subsequently in the movie that was made at the end where they show real archival news footage, a man testifying before Congress who says, Mm -hmm. I don't want it to say on my tombstone that I died because of red tape. Yeah. And, you guys went on this amazing journey and I want people to read it. So I'm not going to step on the article, but you, you you get to this point where, you know, there's, there's success in the offing and then Mm -hmm. nature takes over. Right.
1: Yeah. And that was always a big concern. Um, How much I I will say that as like, you know, since, since a lot of your audience is doctors, I, I, I was shocked by his, level of resilience in terms of how he withstood his, the, the extent of his liver disease. A lot of uh, my
0: audiences are doctors, but the majority yeah. of my audience actually are not. And okay. um, I think for people to understand, your article does a really nice job of describing the evolution of him, as you say, you know, moving through the process of dying um, mm-hmm. while you guys are trying to come up with a solution to get him a, a liver transplant. Um, and it's jarring to read it. Even as a physician, you're like, "Man, I've seen that before," and it's rough. It but is rough. For those who haven't, oh my god!
1: Yeah, and that was that's always you know whenever whenever I write articles, whenever I write anything, really. But uh, it, you know the, that understanding is is key to be able to take our our medical experiences, and put them in language um that that everybody can understand. Uh, that's just so key but part of me really you know also wants to talk to the doctor crowd and say this 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 poor patient had INR's of 8 and you know and 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 was still eating and like you know <laughs> yeah. you know like l- things that, that 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 appeal to those of us who who see this enough to know the nuances you know yeah. um and, and but you know it's just uh, I, I he he really uh as a person and as a uh, as a person but also as 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 a person with with organs and everything it really just kind of stood out to me everything about his story you know and so I I just it just I just hoped to do the best I could in writing it down so that people could understand the 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 difficulty the dramas and like the and also the policies that really underlie this
0: so I mean I think that's one of the things about this article that is that makes it so great is that it's not a long article. So, you know, this is not lengthy discourse. This is something that can be easily consumed. It's, it's not written packed full of jargon. Um, yeah, there's an art to doing that. So when you're trying to communicate the unbelievable medical complexity, the complexity beyond (laughs) comprehension of, you know, navigating the pathways of trying to get him a liver, um, and then sort of the emotion and the pathos of what you and your team, many of whom are young physicians, you know, in training or even medical students, you know, going through this journey, watching this man die, um, despite best efforts at a premier institution, capturing that you're sitting at your computer, two o'clock in the morning, cup of coffee, you're trying to capture that. What what sort of, how, how do you do it? What guidelines do you lean on to say, this is how I'm going to get this on paper?
1: Well, I I think of I, f- I always think about stepping out of myself and trying to see it not through the eyes of a doctor but of through the eyes of somebody who's just witnessing mm. this and what kind of language would stick with them, what kind of uh, what, what are the situations? You know, I think I think when you when you when you write a lot, you train yourself to have a sort of a cinematic sort of mind, you know, so you're, you, you understand scenes, you understand moments of drama. Uh, and you can, and when, when you're dealing with those, um, in real life, you, you, you know that those are, you know, that those are occurring when they're occurring. And so I think sitting down, uh, writing, you, 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 you cling to those moments because you want to convey those moments. And so, it's almost like you polish the language and polish the steps in order to arrive at those moments so that like those moments can be as impactful as possible so that they can mimic what you've actually seen. Uh, So I, I mean, I I'd say that, you know, you train yourself by, by reading a lot of literature and dramatic moments and nonfiction and whatnot. But, um, but I have to say that the process of it, I mean, a lot of it is just, is stirred by, by by how you're feeling that day perhaps you know mm-hmm. or by or by what sticks with you from the um from what you've seen or from what you've uh, you've uh, you know from i guess it just sticks with you from uh i don't know how to, like like from your from your encounters with the patient you know it's just it like there's certain moments there's certain you have to have an eye for these things you know and so you're i'm constantly looking for those moments
0: when you have one of these, you write it, it crystallizes, and you want to get it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the New Yorker, obviously, is uh, – it's its one of the, like – it's a pillar publication in the United States. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I give the New Yorker a tremendous amount of credit. I feel like they have positioned themselves – their editorial team has positioned themselves as being a place for physicians to go and write. Um, Atul Gawande, yourself – You know, some leading lights and some really important articles land there. How how did you come across the New Yorker? Did they come to you? You go to them. How does that work? Because I can't imagine this is all coincidence.
1: Well, no, I I mean I went to them. Yeah, Uh, I I just I I you know this this is there's the there's the doctor side of me who's taking care of the patient. Right. The writer side of me just, it's a dream come true to write for the New Yorker. It really is. Uh, because I, I have read the New Yorker for many, many years. I just respect so many of the writers. Um, and, uh, and I just think I just, I just hold it in the highest respect. And, and, and now having written a piece that has appeared with the New Yorker name on it, it's just, I understand why it's, it's, there's, there's just a lot of smart people there with really good eyes for, for editing. Uh, I worked with an, with a, with a great editor. Um, there's a lot of people who will ask the right questions of the piece and will n- understand the, how it r- will resonate. Uh, and I think that they looked at the first draft and, or the editor, uh, my editor looked at the first draft when I, when I turned it in and, and I think he saw this, um, because, the final form was very different, but I think what he saw was probably like this, this policy that had, in essence, you know, put one of our most vulnerable at even greater greater peril. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that the, the New Yorker just has a tradition for for, sh- for for demonstrating those stories, you know, of you know what makes our society tick. What? Where are the cracks in our society? How can we fill them in? Um, and so I think that that's one of the reasons why I think that they're open to uh, to physician authors because I think, I mean, you know, we we t- you, you've talked about this a lot on, on your show. This is something that's well known. But healthcare accounts for so much of 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 American society and the economy and life, you know. And so they want to mimic. To me, they want to they want to they want to demonstrate what American life is. You know, they want, to, they want to be able to have commentary on that. And so that's why I think that they are so open to these stories because they understand that that's what Americans go through. Americans live these stories.
0: Do you feel like this is an advocacy piece? Do you feel like this is a piece that is trying to have the reader emote in a specific way? Do you feel like it's a mixture of when people are reading this and if you i'm sure you've gotten feedback yeah. how is it landing
1: well i'd say that the vast majority has uh it it's it's landed i think my my favorite comments have been the thank you comments thank you for yeah. writing for writing this this kind of story we see this at the hospital or i've seen patients like this and somebody had to had to tell a story like this yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you thank you for putting a face to the Texas Medicaid debate because the, the articles that are out there are number based, but but, but there's not a face. We, we we can't touch a patient who has been affected by this. You right, know, right? Those are, I mean, and and i I have gotten, you know, I wouldn't say hate mail, but I've gotten you know email for of dissent, and that's where I know I've probably done something right because I've stirred a little bit too. You know, but yeah. um, I, I think that the the emails, uh, the reaction. I, I mean, I've just been pleased with the reaction, just because um, I, I just I, it 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 just I, it just means that the article did what what I what I really wanted it to do, which was to kind of toe the line between all of those things that you said. Yeah. You know, like I didn't. It's not an it's not an advocacy piece insofar as as that I was very I was very. Uh, you know, adherent to the values of journalism and and being like you know and trying to relate this as accurately as possible without being guided by principles you know um but I also understood that this was a very emotional moment for people, and of course, I wanted people to feel feel that emotion that the mother feels or that some of the doctors feel because that is again you know just mimicking the real situation the real life you know trying to bring it to the reader so i i you know it's it's it wasn't i i didn't write it in order to to do any one thing it was really to be kind of a mixture and i and i think the you know when we were working on it with the editor when the editor said yeah this is sort of a hybrid piece i i said you know i i thought to myself i was like yeah I, and i'm 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 kind of glad it is because I wouldn't, I don't think I would have felt comfortable writing a pure advocacy piece. I don't think I would have felt comfortable, you know, or, you know, a reflective piece. You know, I, I, I think that the piece, it just, it just, it just had to be about, it had to have policy in it. It had to have this patient's struggles. It had to have all of that in it.
0: And that's why it works because that's the journey right? When you're the hospitalist seeing the patient, you are making clinical decisions. You are sitting with family and having those very challenging conversations. You're sitting with case management. You're awake at night, ruminating and meditating and saying, well, I'm not there right now. I hope he's doing okay. And I'll see him first thing in the morning. Um, it's all of those things at once. You're not doing one of them in a vacuum. And I think that's why, at least from the physician side, you're like, yep, that's, this is pretty much it.
1: Yeah, and that's what I've always, you know. I mean, I, I appreciate that, Mark. I really do because, uh, you know, I just I, I think that that's part of that's part of the that's part of, of, of the journalistic goal is to kind of like you know as try to bring this as like a like a film as as best as possible on the page. You know, it's trying mm-hmm. to produce this on the page. Yeah, like what what people were going through, what we were going through. Um, what the background is, you know? Um, and so I appreciate that. I I really do
0: appreciate that, Mark. It's certainly also nothing if not provocative. And I think this gets to some of the interesting things that the New Yorker does with its medical articles. There's an illustration at the, at the head of the piece yeah, and there is provocative imagery there to be sure. When you saw that, did you say, yes, perfect. Did you say, oh my goodness, somewhere in the middle? What did you think?
1: Well, I, I will say this. This is another reason why I just can't. Um, I just, I just really enjoyed working yeah. with with the New Yorkers because um, the editor, you know, sent sent the piece to the uh, uh, to the art director or to the yeah. or, or, or the art department, yeah. and uh, they produced this image. But <laughs> the editor, it like a sort of a, a like a not the the exact image, but like a rendition, sort uh-huh. of a sketch of it. But the editor was like, why don't you like, why don't we make sure that it's okay with his mother? Yeah. You know, and I and I and I was just I I just, you know, I really I uh, I, that to me was just so important because we are talking about human beings here and and um, and that's always, always, you know, a tension whenever you're writing about patients, that these are these are real people's stories and, um, and as much as there is interest, as much as there is, you know, hopefully truth that's uncovered, you're still dealing with people's emotions. And mm-hmm. so I was, I, I just, I, I just really thought that it was very professional and, and I was in communication with the mother and I, mm-hmm. and I, sh- and, you know, and with his sister too, I, sh- I showed the the sketch and, and I, you know, they gave their stamp of approval. Okay. They said, you know, This, they understood why it was, you know, it was, it was drawn as such. And, and that's where I felt the comfort to be able to say, yes, you know, that's, that's fine. You know, and and I, and I understood why the, the art was, uh, was drawn like that. And I just, I, I, I personally felt really good about not having to make any decisions myself, but that it was in the real people who felt that story were able to have a say in that I just felt so strongly about how i th- I just thought that was the most professional thing that I'd
0: seen in a while yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. So. and it's interesting because you know the I would imagine that the art team there you know the art the the sketch the sketch artist the illustrator yeah. the colorist I would imagine that they you know that they may not be in the medical field but yeah. you. They clearly had something to say. <laughs> you know, you you wrote yeah. this article. They read it and they said, "I'm I'm contributing to this. I have something I need to say. This made me feel something, and I'm putting it on paper." Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, and and it's strange because it's like it's so strange because when you're when you're when you're through different drafts, you feel di- feel differently about the piece as it's working. You know, so I mean, there 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 were times where I don't feel like I felt as angry as some of the other people who were maybe, um, contributing, you know, like the art, like you, you mentioned, like the art might've conveyed, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but there's times where I was just like, well, yeah, you know, but this, this, this is the type of thing that makes you angry. So it's, um, it's, it's hard to, you know, I, I think that I, I, when I think back on it, I think, I think to the, to the mother, And I think about the, her, you know, just the emotions that she went through and I, you know, it, 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 it is, it is a, it is one of those pieces that had to be evocative because it had to match what the mother went through. So I think that that's, that's why, and I think that, and I think that's, that's what the, what the New Yorker sort of identified. And that's why I think that they went for it. And I just respect, I respect that they went for it, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: You know, you, you definitely delivered the goods. This is, this is an excellent piece of writing. Um, I, I feel like it, 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 you know, you capture the challenges that the physicians face, but that we all face, you know, this is, this is something that can happen to anybody and we wouldn't wish it upon anybody. Um, and then you encapsulated all of the complexity, all of the challenge. Um, sometimes the thrill, mm-hmm. um, and also the disappointment the bitter bitter disappointment and frustration that can come with with uh, sometimes dealing with with very sick people
1: well i mean it's it's i don't i, don't, I mean it was uh, it, it's it's truly bittersweet to be able to to like to write something like this because you know that it's you know on the on the backbone of somebody who suffered you yeah. know yeah. Uh, yeah. so i've not uh, you know but but at the same time, if you're, if you're trying to mimic, if you're trying to demonstrate to people what, like, this occurrence as it happened, you know, it, it, it does feel good that, that that's been the reaction. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, so – but, you know, that's always – you know, that's always another tension that anybody who writes about patient care, um, people who are going through illnesses – you have to contend with that always when you're, when, you know, that tension and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm always mindful of that. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. The piece is poor and uninsured in Texas. It's in the New Yorker. Uh, for those who are listening, Ricardo, where do, where do they find the article and where do they find you? Uh, NewYorker.com. On me, uh, I'm on Twitter,
1: at Rico Nuila N-U-I-L-A. I always have to spell that last name because it's, it's a strange last name. But <laughs> uh, and, I, and I have a website too, Ricardonuela.com, And uh, I think that the article should – you can get a link to it on, on my website as well. And so, we'll
0: link to it on our show's website. Um, well done. You, you, you certainly delivered the goods with this one. You'll let us know when the next piece is coming out and you'll come back and join us for another conversation. This was tremendous and thank you.
1: It's always, always a pleasure. Always great to talk with you, Mark. I appreciate the invitation back and I appreciate everything you're doing with your show. Thanks so much. All right, take care.
0: Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com and please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show and you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at com.